0: Good afternoon, everybody. This is Corey Hepler for the Crazy Monkey Inc. podcast. It is cold as shit out here. <laughs> we're doing it outside because um, one of our sisters is getting some sleep. So we're being respectful and doing it outside. I just know that my nipples are going to be harder than normal <laughs> after this podcast over with uh i'm in I'm enjoying some company with my co-host Jared Gifford yeah. we just had some nice uh malibu rum to uh <laughs> comfort our sorrows so we, <laughs> so we're we're nice and you know dainty Aha. <laughs> well I believe this time
1: um, um, in, uh, if I remember you told me tonight's podcast um we're actually going to pay tribute to a uh to a writer and artist who's actually still alive yes um like as as we had our 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 rest in peace podcast for stan lee god rest his soul um now we're going to pay tribute to a living writer and artist um that both you and i love uh, walter simonson
0: yes now, I will admit, and I feel bad for this, yes. um, Walter Simonson hasn't been on my radar for a while, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to ask you questions about your favorite things about Walter Simonson, mm-hmm. and then you just fill in the fucking blanks. Oh, yeah, well, once again, and, and there, was, uh, there
1: was a gap where I was, I mean, the thing is, is that I remember seeing his stuff when I was a kid. Yeah, and um, and, and, and then uh, um, there was a time where about for I'd say ten years or so, I wasn't reading any comics, uh, and I'll admit that I kind of got into the little trap of oh i got too old for this, and now I'm going to do something else, um, and, uh, and and anyway, um, so pretty much, uh, and then and then pretty much I ended up getting back when I get back when I got back into it. One of the people I got back into was Walter Simonson. And, uh, um, I remember, um, one of the first, uh, one of the first story arcs of his that I really, really loved was that epic run on Thor that he did, um, really, really awesome. Um, and, uh, um, you know, and then, and then I also saw the stuff that he did for Fantastic Four, um. You know, I also saw some of the stuff that he did for Dark Horse because he actually had done some of the early stuff for the um, Terminator versus uh, Robo RoboCop versus the Terminator stuff.
0: Oh, that's right, he did. I remember um, reading that. Yeah.
1: Um, anyway, no, he's, he was just a good classic um, writer slash artist, and um, and the thing is, is that um, I think the thing that I've always liked about him the most is that he's he's. One of those—he's one of those, he's one of those uh, comic book writers and artists who he has this kind of classic style to him. It's like uh, when I see his stuff, I, I'm reminded of 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 uh, of, the, of the classic era stuff. Like I'm reminded of the Jack Kirby stuff. I'm reminded of the, uh, you, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm reminded of like the early Jerry Siegel, Joel Schuster stuff. Yeah. Um. So to me, Walter Simon's sort of the modern equivalent of those classic artists.
0: Now, what's interesting with uh, Walter Simonson, he has a very unique style of writing that not a whole lot of comic book writers have nowadays because how he writes is he writes as if you you can picture yourself as the character that he's writing about, which I find really interesting and intriguing because... You know, you'll read those comics where you're just like, okay, I'm reading the character. Yeah. And then there's Walter Simonson where you're reading the character and you're so engrossed that you start to believe that you are the character that you're reading. And that's what's enticing about Walter Simonson (laughs) is because he gives a specific voice to each character. And you can see yourself as each character as you are reading the comic, which is amazing. And one of the things I loved that he did with,
1: (coughs) particularly with his Thor run, was I like the fact that most other people they'd always have like Thor that he was like sort of this, sort of this, um, almost sort of Shakespearean character, but they'd always put in these modern situations. What I liked about what Walter Simonson did was uh, when he took on Thor, he actually put in a lot more of the mythology. Like you were seeing stuff like you saw the midgard serpent you saw you know you saw signs of Ragnarok you saw you saw you know hella and, and 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 you know basically uh their version of Hell, which is interesting enough where a lot of people don't know this but and the uh the sort of um the the Viking version of Hell is actually only spelled h e l
0: and what's interesting yeah. is that's actually the original spelling of hell. The yeah. Christians added an extra L onto it yeah. for I don't know what damn reason, but the original spelling no offense of hell... Any, no
1: offense to any Christians Yeah, no there. offense to
0: any Christians, but the original spelling <laughs> of hell just has one L in it.
1: Yeah, yeah, and exactly. A, it, was
0: a, it was a pagan spelling.
1: Yeah, exactly, and then, and, then, uh, um, and then Hela was sort of the ruler of hell. Yeah, um, and, and she was a badass. And, uh, yeah, and, uh, and in, in certain bits of mythology, she was actually the
0: daughter of Loki. Uh-huh. Yeah, Loki, I believe he had had a daughter, but not a son. No, no, he did. He actually had a daughter and a son. Um, oh, that's right.
1: It, 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 was... it, it, once again, if you go into the mythology. Um, the son, um, see, and I always get these two confused. So please forgive me for anyone who knows more than I do. But I, do, uh, but I know it was either, I can't remember if it was either Fenrir or Fenris. I, know, uh, I, I Fenris, because Fenrir was the wolf well yeah i know i yeah, i know there was yeah, yeah. i know there was one who was the guardian of hell mm-hmm. and then there was the other one that was sort of like this shape shifting werewolf creature yeah yeah um <laughs> and uh and so yeah uh, so uh, so yeah uh, um and uh anyway um so with that um Uh, Either way, yeah. So he he actually had two children. Um, And then um, also it was in the mythology was that Loki would be the one to bring about Ragnarok.
0: Yeah. Now, um, I think it's interesting how you look at what Walter Simonson did for the comics that he wrote. It was almost like... It's not that he discarded the different voices that had come previously... To who had written Thor and who had written the other iterations. Yeah. However, it's almost like he was putting an added cherry on top of the already beautiful icing of the cake and he was making it extra spectacular. Oh, yeah. and He so, never took away from someone else's writing, he always added something Oh, no, he it. always
1: enhanced it. Uh, the thing yeah. is, is like, I, I, what, I, what I feel like he did is he took what Stanley and Jack Kirby had established. With the character. Yeah. And he basically just kind of furthered the mythology. All he did with Thor was he basically brought in a lot more of the Norse stuff into it. I mean, you already had some of that stuff in there that, that, that Jack Kirby and Stan Lee had established and maybe a few other guys like Roy Thomas and John Buscema.
0: Yeah. Um, but it was like here the, and there. It wasn't like...
1: Yeah.
0: Y- you saw it very sparingly. It wasn't an yeah. all-out homage to Norse mythology it like was, Walter Simonson had done. Yeah. Once again, that that Darren, I think lies the difference.
1: Is <coughs> you'd have the other writers, and once again, I am not sliding. They 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 had all really great, uh, They all had really great runs of Thor and and were awesome, but they they only had as you said he, they only had bits of North Norse mythology, and then they would kind of base it in a modern setting.
0: Yeah.
1: Um. With Walter Simonson, no, he, like, full on like, no, we're gonna do Norse mythology, you know? We're gonna start bringing in a lot of the characters from the actual myth of, of, of and legend of Thor. We're gonna, you know, we're gonna go into a lot of that Norse background and everything. It was like, he was like, if Thor didn't feel Viking enough um, in previous iterations, by Walter Simonson, Walter Simonson,
0: no, He's full-on Viking. <laughs> exactly. He, like, decked the shit out of Thor. And it was also, um, believe it or not, how he depicted him on how he dressed as well. Yeah, exactly. Um,
1: and he, and his was just a variation on the classic theme that Jack Kirby had established. Because we all have to give Jack Kirby credit. Jack Kirby established the look of what we know to be Marvel's version of Thor. And it's an excellent um, version. Yeah, and uh, and and Walter Simonson's really is just kind of even homaging that because I do know that Walter Simonson was a huge fan of Jack Kirby.
0: Oh yeah, the uh, reason he even yeah. decided to tackle Thor is because yeah. he fell in love with the. Thor character that Jack Kirby had brought about. Yeah, exactly. But, but at the same time, he was also
1: studying mythology. One of his favorite bits was he loved Norse mythology. And he was just wanting to do that. In fact, um, yeah, he was introducing a lot of uh, cool characters. I mean, he, uh, you know, um, he, he was the one who invented, and a lot of people don't give him this credit, but he invented Beta Ray Bill. Yep. Um, Walter Simonson created Beta Ray Bill. So if anybody tells you different, they're lying, because that's the truth. Walter Simonson is the creator of Beta Ray Bill. And for those who don't know about Beta Ray Bill, I'll give a brief summary on him. Yeah, go ahead. But he's he's basically um, an alien version of Thor. Um, He he basically was uh, from another world, and what happened was he was one of the few people who was worthy enough to wield Mjolnir, which is Thor's hammer. And uh, and he actually had gotten Thor's powers for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Anyway, what happened was Thor was able to get his hammer back, but because Bill had proven himself worthy, they actually formed. They actually, oh, Odin actually got the dwarven forge smiths together, and they went and forged a sort of new Mjolnir, and this was one that that battery Bill would
0: wield. This is true, and that's not to say that it was a better Mjolnir than Thor's. It was just you know? a different. Um casting of it.
1: Well no, once again it was they they did it the same way they had made Thor's Mjolnir. The only difference was this one's Beta Ray Bill. Yeah. And but once again, Beta Ray Bill is pretty much the alien equivalent to Thor, as I said. He basically has all of Thor's powers, all of Thor's gifts. Um, you know, and once again, so I mean it's like, you know, basically you get two Thor's for the price of one. <laughs>
0: That's
1: right. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, no, I mean, that's what I'm saying, is that the, it, it was actually really great, and and he doesn't get a whole lot of credit for that. You know, mo- most people don't know Walter Simonson as the creator of Beta Ray Bill. They'll usually know Walter Simonson from many runs that he's done of various different comic book series. Oh, and that does actually remind me, and I want to uh, tell people about this now, because it's a series I really do like that he does, um, and he's doing it over at IDW, but, um, But Walter Simonson loved doing Thor so much, but once again, I mean, other people at Marvel are doing Thor right now. But he wanted to have his own little thing, and he wanted to actually get it closer to the mythology. Yeah. So he ended up doing this series called Ragnarok over at IDW. And it's actually kind of cool, because what I like about it is it feels almost like a classic Thor run that you would have had at Marvel, but at the same time, he adds his own twist to it, is that Thor, in this case, he's actually kind of more like a... He's, he's, he's like a, he's like a reanimated corpse in a way, mm-hmm. but he's still got all his powers and everything. Um, he just kind of looks almost Dead. like a really, yeah, he he looks like, he looks like a really <laughs> powerful zombie. Yeah.
0: Um,
1: and, uh, um, you no, know, and it's just really awesome. And if you love classic Thor, you'll love this. But once again, if you want it with a more, uh, if you want it more closer
0: mythology, this one will be the
1: one to go for.
0: And I remember you giving me the run to Ragnarok that Walter Summerson had done, and I read it and I it... was blown away because he'd taken Thor and he just made it so much better because him mm. as an undead Thor, freaking like... <laughs> Thor's already pretty much unstoppable. I mean, like, yeah. you gotta make him undead, too? That's like. That's like giving Dracula an amulet where he can't die and crosses don't kill him and <laughs> freaking stakes. He just looks at him and laughs. Yeah, I know. It's <laughs> like, he just made it so much better. I was just like. God damn it, Simonson! <laughs> Why know. are you so damn good at what you do? Well, and and, and <laughs> what's great is he's actually
1: part of a really awesome uh, one-two team. Really, when you look at it, because the funny thing is, what a lot of pe- other people don't know is that his wife, Louise Simonson, is also in comics, and she's actually written a lot of really awesome comics. She's done she's done some stuff for Superman. She's done some she's done some stuff for the New Mutants. Yes. Um. You know it's like uh, um, they've actually
0: done comics mm, together,
1: yeah, and they've even done some comics together, and they've yeah, been amazing, yeah <laughs> so so the, the yeah, so a lot of people don't don't realize that too, but yeah, I mean um both him and his wife um ha, have have done excellent stuff for the comic book industry
0: yeah I, I like to call them the Simonson twins, yeah. e- even though they're married because you look at Steven Swickk and his wife, yeah. they basically do the same damn thing I mean yeah. they both work at, like, uh, they, they both work at high comic book um, entities and companies. Yeah. But it, every now and again they'll cross over and do um, a comic story arc together. Mm-hmm. And when Louise and her Walter. husband... Walter. ...did runs together, not only could you tell that they were very in sync mm-hmm. with how they wrote, you could also tell that the... They each loved writing comic books. They genuinely yeah. loved entertaining people, and I really love the runs that they both did together because you can see um, the voices of Louise, and then you can uh, see the voices of Walter. Yeah, and it just well, makes it that much more well, better. interesting. Enough,
1: I, I'd seen an interview with them. And one of the guys was actually asking how it worked between the two of them since they both did comic books. Yeah. And I love what both of them had to say, and this is the truth. They basically said what they do, they just stay out of each other's way. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And (laughs) I believe if you're going to be a powerhouse couple in comics, that is a Big advice that I would give to anybody who has a spouse, a girlfriend, boyfriend, husband, yeah. whatever the fuck you want to call them, yeah. and you're both doing comics and you want to do something together, you do your thing, the other person does the other thing, and they mm. come together and make something beautiful, mm-hmm. and just stay the fuck out of each other's way, because it's going to be magic Oh yeah, when you do. Because I've seen couples come into the comic industry and they try to do stuff together and it just, I'm not saying that it looks bad. But yeah. you can tell that a hundred percent effort wasn't put into it. Oh yeah, De-
1: definitely, and that's what I'm saying. And and, and so I wanted to get, at least give a shout out to her. Um, but back onto uh, Walter Simonson, um, uh, uh, another uh, another creation of his that uh, that a lot of people don't know is he also created the Dark Elf Meliketh. Yes, he did. Um, and he was another great Thor villain, and and I think he gets underutilized because they don't use him a whole lot. I think I think that you need to use them more often than <coughs> they do. But the story arcs he has been featured in have been, in my opinion, have been great and they've been epic. Um,
0: they should have put him in the Thor movies. That's just well, my they actually, opinion. they actually did.
1: They actually did. He was in Thor of the Dark World.
0: No, I mean, like, all of them.
1: Oh, oh. Was the <laughs>
0: well, that I'm greedy, damn it. Yeah, All of them. <laughs> Yes, <laughs>
1: but, uh, but, uh, but 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 no matter what, the, the, no matter what the whole thing is, is that no, he, he was another good character like Beta Ray Bill that unfortunately Walter Simonson doesn't get a whole lot of credit for. Um, I mean Walter Simonson created some great stuff in Thor that we kind of take advantage of nowadays. Um... A lot of people are like, oh, we got this this character, this character. But it's like, you know, I'm always quick to point out, well, did you know Walter Simonson created that character? And most people, when I usually do that, is like, there'll be some people, I mean, some people will impress me. Some people will say, oh, yes, I totally knew that. Um, See, and those are the people you want to keep around as friends. Yeah. Um, But then (laughs) then there's a lot of people. There's a lot of people will point that out, and they'll be like, he did? they'll be like, yeah, he
0: created those characters. I think it's... um... It's both interesting and uh, awkward when you find someone who hasn't done their research on Simonson because yeah. you look at everything he did for the comic world and everything he's still doing for it, Yeah, you can't help but tip the hat to the guy because everything that he turns out, it not only turns to gold, it's something that's going to be passed down from generation to generation and remembered. Well, I, I
1: liken him to guys like, uh, and and once again, this is another person that um, that a lot of people aren't usually too familiar with, but they're familiar with his creations. I liken him to like Len Wein. Um, Len Wein actually helped create some a lot of great uh, a lot of great characters, and not only and then also helped in various different runs of certain things. I mean, he was one of the people that helped reinvigorate the X Men in the '70s, along with Chris Claremont. Yes. Um, uh, uh, he also helped do some epic runs on Batman. Um, he's, uh, uh he's done, and he he even actually, he actually did, uh, and I, I have it, he actually did an excellent run on Thor. Len Wein's, um, 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 run on Thor was actually the precursor to Walter Simonson's.
0: That's right, it is.
1: Yeah. Um, and, um, and, and yeah, it was just awesome, um, and I loved it, and, um, anyway, um, yeah, the soul, um, so I liken him to guys like that. They have made some extremely great <clears throat> contributions to comic books, but yet a whole lot of people don't know that they did. They know the result of their creations, and they love their creations, but not a whole lot of people know what they contributed to the comic industry.
0: I look at people like Walter Simonson and Rob Liefeld and Todd McFarlane, mm-hmm. and Mark Silvestri, and I look at the things that they have done for the comic world, and a lot of people don't give them a whole lot of credit where credit's due. We wouldn't have a mm-hmm. good 25%, 30% of the fantastic comics that we have now mm-hmm. had it not for been for those guys bringing out the comics that they did well i like the fact you bring up
1: some of the image founders because i mean at first at first they weren't seeing that, but the
0: but but
1: a lot of the image founders especially around the time they created image they actually started getting the recognition and 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 that was one of the big things about image was that the creators would get the credit and Mm -hmm. so a lot of people knew who they were i mean eventually they became household names people like people like rob liefeld Todd McFarlane, Mark Silvestri—I mean, uh, all the guys who created Image—eventually um, they became household names and people knew who they were. Yeah. Um, but but not so much with Walter Simonson. Walter Simonson, most people know what he created, but the name itself is—you um, have a lot of fans of Walter Simonson, but then the people who maybe like—if you like—I can mention Todd McFarlane, and more often than not, people will know who I'm talking about. Deadpool. Um, or, yeah, I mentioned Deadpool. Most people think of, like, like Rob Liefeld. Rob
0: Liefeld, yeah. Yeah. Or um, if you say Todd McFarlane, you're like, oh, yeah, that's Spawn. Yeah, Spawn.
1: Uh, you'll <laughs>
0: think
1: that. Um, and, you know, so, you, so you'll think that um, with Walter Simonson. You say Walter Simonson, and most people are like, who's that? But then you mention Thor, and you like, oh, okay, now I know what you're talking
0: about. See, and that's, you know, uh, I don't mean to bring this up, but that's actually a sad thing because as a writer of comics you want to be known for what you bring out because not only is that your baby and what you created, yeah. but you're sort of the all-encompassing package of an entertainer that is helping people through their hard times, showing them that character goes are the same things. Yeah. And so when you look at what Thor had to go through when Simonson wrote him, yeah. there were actually some very real, realistic life problems that Thor went through that people go through throughout their daily lives. Mm-hmm. And I believe that that's a huge staple for a great writer, is when you can make your character re- character relatable enough mm-hmm. to where your readers are going to want to continue to read it because they realize, I don't have to go through this, throw yeah. this alone. I've got somebody, even though they're fictional, yeah. who knows what I'm going through. And they're yeah. showing how they can get through it, so I can get through it. So i got to give Walter Simonson oh, that. Yeah. He did amazing at that with Thor. Oh yeah, and and uh, I totally agree with
1: you. I totally agree with you. He was really pretty amazing in that regard. In fact, it, one of the things is was uh, saying, you know, I mean, uh, you know, I don't know if this will ever end up in the hands of Walter Simonson at some point, but <laughs> but if po- Walter Simonson ever listens to this podcast, I'm saying
0: right now, Walter Simonson, I would totally love you to do some Darum stuff for me. Oh, I think he would, he would kick the shit out of Darum. He would yeah. make that so fucking epic. While we're on the news of Crazy Monkey Inc. Yep. If you're looking for an amazing space pirate sci-fi. <laughs> if you're looking for a writer who knows what the fuck he's doing. <laughs> if you're looking for a comic book that is sci-fi to the next level. Pick up Darum. Darren. Captain of the Stars, written by Jared Gifford at www.crazymonkeyink.com. That's ink with a K, and I can guarantee you, I can guarantee you, you're going to want to get it because it's fantastic. Well, thank you. I I appreciate the endorsement. And,
1: hey, you know, one good turn deserves another. And I tell people, hey, if you like um, action-heavy, gritty sci-fi um very much on par with some of the some of the best die hard movies or 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 hey if you're looking for like you know just or or maybe even Blade Runner-esque.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um you know the whole thing is is I I would t- definitely tell people please check out the adventures of Taxi Cab Joe. It is it is very is very gritty, it's very dark, it's um it you know it's it's definitely not for your kids. Yes, this please is, this... don't
0: make them read that.
1: Yeah, yeah, this is for adults, but if, if if that doesn't deter you, you're in for a wild ride. It's a very fun, action-oriented
0: sci-fi comic. Thank you. <laughs> um, also, with endorsements, I would like to let everybody know that Caden Slark is furious. We are getting more pages as the days and months progress. Yes. And I gotta tell you, it's looking fantastic. Brian Jail Glass and how he writes and how he does what he does. It's nothing short of a masterpiece. And the fact yes. that he's got Samir Samal doing what he does... Yeah. Just, holy shit. Oh, you gotta yeah. pick up this comic when it comes out, and we will definitely let you know a date and time for when you can bring... you can oh, You can I, get, I it get it because... I already pledged to the Kickstarter. I know that you pledged to the Kickstarter as well. Uh, yes, um, I think. Actually, no, wait. I pledged to the
1: Monsters on the Run one. Oh, that's right. But it's okay. But, I, but I, true. But, but, but no, but I still, I still fully endorse it. I still fully support it. Yes. And once it's released, I will be getting
0: myself a copy. On the issue of Brian Jail Glass. <clears throat> and Thor. Yes. <laughs> Brian Jail Glass... I love the great segue we had there. Came out with a most phenomenal
1: run of Thor. Oh well, uh, technically it wasn't a run; it was a graphic novel. But I know what you're talking well, about. Well, I ran did, with it. Yeah, yeah, no, but no, it was good. It's good. But um, I, I believe you're talking about Thor: First Thunder, right? Yes, the graphic novel. Yes, and that is uh, no. It's it's definitely is phenomenal. I would tell people underrated gem. Please check it out. Um... And and he did he did an excellent story on that. It's sort of an alternative take on um, Thor's origin story. Yeah. And if you don't know Thor's origin story, just please check it out. Stanley Jack Kirby, classic. But Brian J. Glass, kind of does a different take on it, and I love it because it, it it feels like you get to know a lot of the characters a little bit more. And and I love that. But uh, and 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 that's pretty much what it is, and, and it's great because yeah, I love that. You know, we're talking Thor, talking Brian J. Glass great segue <laughs>
0: <laughs> now um shortly after cadence lark is furious is taken care of we have another fantastic comic that's going to be in production i know you know what it is oh yes. i know i know what it is oh yeah you uh, want to bring out the seal on this oh uh, well it's like I, I think everybody who follows <laughs> the
1: podcast should know by now because we <laughs> mentioned it Quite often, all the time. Um, once, <laughs> once, uh, once we've wrapped up all production on Cadence Sarcus Furious and and the rewards have been shipped out, we will be starting the new Kickstarter on Darum Number Four. And we've already, um, already, and then, and, and, and hey, for those who listen to this podcast, I'm gonna give you, you know, the, the 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 what is it the the uh, the the inside dope. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm gonna let let them know that um. That, that pretty much um, we've already got we already worked on some of the rewards um, some of the things you can look forward to is we've got a great poster print for Darum number four which is done by uh, Samir Samau. Um and uh, that one's that one's gonna be uh, available
0: mm-hmm. um,
1: yes uh, and, and it's also an alternative cover for Darum number four
0: which is an amazing cover, by the oh, way. Oh
1: yes, and then another one, another one. We're going. We to We have another one. Yes. Oh shit! Oh my gosh! Tell yes. us about it. There's more. Oh <laughs> okay. motherfucker! Okay. Yeah. Yes, Um We also have um, we also have an exclusive Tony uh, or, or Tone Tone rog- Tone Rodriguez cover. I, sorry, man, I totally screwed up your name there.
0: Hey, uh, he can hit you later.
1: Yeah, you can hit me later. <laughs> but we got a Tone Rodriguez. Um, poster print, which will also be used as another alternative <clears throat> cover. Yeah. Um, and it's going to be awesome. Well, we've got Mike Montalvo, Magic Man Mike. Yes. Working, working his magic on making, uh, on doing the colors for that thing and the lettering. It's going to look awesome. I mean, not. I mean, it already looks awesome anyway with with Tone Rodriguez's. Yeah. Um, pencils and inks, but it's just going to look. It's going to look fucking phenomenal phenomenal once mike montalvo does his magic on it
0: i gotta give a shout out to our creative team yeah because not only are they fucking amazing they have a way of making our comics not only look a thousand times better yes. than what we wrote them but it's just like mad it's like gold uh, we got yeah. mike montalvo doing the colors and lettering yes. taxi Cab joe and for the later runs of Derham. Yes. And we've also got Gasparo Rico, the, the holy shit, amazing Man. artist from Italy. He yeah. just you just give him a comic script and you know it's just gonna be exploding with sexiness.
1: Oh yeah, and then and then, all, and, then and now and now that, and then that we've got uh, um um Brian Jailglass writing, uh, Caden Sarkis furious for us. Now we, we we got the excellent Samir Samal on the team. Yes, uh, and his stuff just looks amazing. Um, but we, you know we we've got many awesome creators and artists working for us. It's just it's just freaking great. I mean, the whole thing is, and this is why, and this is why we're always quick to promote Crazy Monkey. It's not just because we work here. Exactly. I mean, it, you know. I mean, I mean it that, is. It, I mean that there. That is that is <laughs> the thing. I'll, I'll totally admit that. Yeah. But, but no. But but I, but I'm not bragging when I say this. But we're a we, team. We always love to work with the best writers and artists. Um, that's what being a comic book creator is all about. And 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 we have that at Crazy Monkey Inc. We. I mean, I can definitely tell you, um, with. Full confidence,
0: we do not have a crappy creator in the bunch. Now, I gotta give credit where credit's due. Yeah. Because, <laughs> if it were not for Gabriel Olrez, motherfucking boss Ramirez, yes, right. this company and the comics that they come out with would not be a thing without his pure fucking genius. Well, yeah. I mean, the man's got a vision, and and
1: I love it because I mean, um, I mean, and I, I can tell, and I can tell you this because I mean, I, I share the vision, and, and and the whole thing is, is that I mean, you know, and. Raz is so quick to point this out so many times, and it's, and it's great that he does. But uh, I was actually one of the first creators that he took on. Yeah. And I'm not saying that to brag. I'm just, I'm just going through a history here. No, it's just facts. Uh, yeah, it's just facts. Um, but but anyway, I, I was one of the first creators he took on. Because uh, originally, he was just self-publishing his own stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and and then uh, and, and then one of the things he, he he usually likes to point out is that uh, that when I pitched him my idea for Darum, it was it was great because it was something different, something kind of counterpoint to what he was already doing, uh-huh. um, because he was doing these dark, gritty action heroes, mm-hmm. and he said he liked the idea of having sort of a nice nice sort of fun, family friendly um comic book that he could release he's one of the things he had actually told me when we were first chatting with each other he said it was he said he loved it because this was something that he could read to his daughter and not like you know and 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 not feel like he was showing her something bad
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah i mean why not (laughs) damn it
1: Um but and but anyway no this was great that was great and uh, and the thing is is that um you know we've had so many great creators come in since then. Do we have? Um oh and I can't believe we have forgotten him and I and, and we shouldn't have but like we also have Stefano Cardaselli, who um has done many great comic books with us. Um so I mean um you know uh, Stefano Cardicelli, for those who don't know he had done he finder for us. Uh, he did. Um, uh, uh, um, he did Cherry Bullet. Um, he's also currently working on the Romeo and Juliet uh, graphic novel, um, and it's kind of a modern take on that, which is going to be great. I mean, I mean, I had I had pledged to this Kickstarter that he'd done, and and just I can tell you the images for the new Romeo and Juliet graphic novel just look amazing. Um I'm telling you, you got you gotta check this out. Um and uh and you know um you know an interesting I don't just willy-nilly support Kickstarters. I'll I'll be full on honest with that with, with you on that one. Um, and granted, a lot, of, a lot of people might say, oh, you're only supporting this because it's the same company. Not true at all. No. Because I supported this one because I saw how awesome it looked, how good it looked. The concept just looked amazing. Uh-huh. Um, so I, I am supporting the Romeo and Juliet graphic novel because it just looks amazing.
0: Now, for those who don't know Stefano Cardaselli, He has come out with previous uh, Cherry Bullet and Atoli's Finder. Which which I have covered, but yes. (laughs) Which you can find um, on our website. Yeah. And I know that we have both read them. And he has such a unique and fantastic style of art that he does. It's... It's dirty, it's gritty, it's crazy, well, for, well, it's for those, awesome.
1: who, well, for those who don't know, and this might be a good incentive to start getting his stuff, even though it's amazing anyway, exactly. is Stefano Cardicelli has previously worked at Heavy Metal Magazine. Mm-hmm. Now, those of you who are comic people should know... What Heavy Metal Magazine is, and if
0: you don't know <laughs> Heavy Metal Magazine, yeah, you need to fucking smack yourself.
1: Yes, I mean <laughs> you should have at least heard of the magazine, or at least heard of the uh, of the 1981 movie, which is amazing, by the way. Yeah, um, you know, which is based on various skits in in within the within the magazine. Yes. Um, but and then Heavy Metal Magazine is kind of unique in the way that it's 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 a comic book magazine, but it's more adult oriented, and it was actually kind of the first. Of its time, because there weren't a whole lot of adult comic books that you get in the Not in the really. it, w- within the within the seventies and eighties. I mean, there was a few, but but, like but, but, it, but it was kind of in its, it was well, it was kind of in its infancy. Yeah. Um, and uh, and and Heavy Metal magazine really was one of the revolutionary magazines that basically said, "Hey, you can enjoy comic books, but it doesn't have to be kid stuff."
0: And I really enjoyed the fact that Heavy Metal Magazine did that because if yeah. Heavy Metal Magazine had not taken that step forward, yeah. I would not be able to be bringing out
1: Adventures of you Jack know, Joe. yeah.
0: We wouldn't uh we wouldn't have you know a lot mm. of the really dirty, gritty, amazing yep indie uh creations that we have had it not been for Heavy Metal, Heavy Metal magazine. magazine,
1: yes, exactly. Um, well, a lot of people don't know, but yeah, there was a lot of really great creations that that came from indie magazines. Um, one is the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and I'm not talking about the kitty version that we got on television. No, no, no. We're if you read the, white- the black, the black and white <laughs> comic book, and this one was actually a dark and gritty, and actually had a lot of killing in it, and it was actually kind of more an homage to to Daredevil. Mm-hmm. Um, and um and then i'm also talking about things like judge dread judge dread is an independent comic book oh
0: yeah
1: and 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 still going strong today actually mm-hmm. um it started yeah it started its run like in the early 80s and is still going today
0: and Good. if you have a chance to pick up the early iterations of judge dread i would highly I highly recommend it. Oh, oh
1: yeah, they've had some really excellent runs. Great creators have uh, have, do, have, have, have done um, Judger in the past. I mean, Dave Gibbons has done Judge Dredd. Mm-hmm. He, he did some art on it. And also Brian Boland, who's worked with Alan Moore before.
0: Brian Boland's art on Judge Dredd yeah. is beyond anything that I've ever seen as yeah. far as it comes to... That kind of story.
1: Yeah, and then uh, and then another oh, and another great independent comic book series uh, that was created by David Sims is uh, Cerberus. hmm Cer- Cerberus had a, uh, had a really nice long run, and interestingly enough, it started out... I mean, it, it definitely turned into its own thing later. Yeah. But, um, but it started out as sort of a parody of, of Conan the
0: Barbarian. Yeah, yes, it did. Yeah. Now, um... Yeah, One thing that I will have to uh, give Jared for uh, credit is the fact that his ginormous fantastic brain <laughs> holds so much fucking info on comics, it would make the biggest of nerds seem like an infantile <laughs> in the way of comics because... <laughs> Not only does he know how to describe comics and uh, how things move and everything like that, he's basically the equivalent of the Encyclopedia Britannica <laughs> of comics. You can ask this guy anything, and he fucking knows it. And I don't know if you like, you know, you you go throughout the internet and you memorize shit. Or if it's just been all of your 30-plus years of just being a fantastic comic fan that have brought you to this magnum opus of a brain that you have.
1: Well, well, I don't know. I mean, (laughs) I might have to disappoint people and tell them no. I just watch a lot of documentaries. (laughs) That's a thing, too.
0: (laughs) I mean, we we can cheat.
1: But, but not, actually, I don't
0: consider that cheating.
1: <laughs> documentary is still doing your research, and, and you still get information, and you still learn things. Yeah. And then, you know, you can cross-reference these things and check out the information, see if it's accurate. Yeah. And the whole thing is, is I've just done that. I've seen these documentaries, and I'll go back and check out the information, and then it just turns out it's accurate. So, I mean, so, you know, I mean, I don't, you know, to me, to me, um, getting information... You know, and, and and this is just my take on it. Getting information of any kind is—it's not cheating. I don't care if you get it from YouTube. I don't care if you get it. Um, you know, I, I don't care if we get it from what is considered non-legitimate sources. All, all you have to do is just cross-reference them and check them to see if they're accurate. Make sure yeah. if, if other things confirm it. But the whole thing is—is is if, if you've learned something from it, it's not useless. It's not it's It's not like less than what's considered legitimate information
0: any information that you gain, whether it's comic books whether it's you know yeah. whatever subject and it enhances your ideals on that subject it's mm-hmm. not it's never a bad thing
1: yeah exactly so that's and so in my case it's just it's just that yeah, I watch a lot of documentaries, but then i cross cross-refer- cross reference them and check them, and then obviously they turn out to be accurate, so you know I mean yeah I mean hey um you know, I, I have memorized that. I'll admit that. <laughs> but, uh, yes, you have. But but no no. As far as like meticulously going through like each bit of information to go and check <laughs> that, I don't have that kind of time. Okay, I wish I did. <laughs> like,
0: He's a comic book writer. God damn it! But, uh, yeah, I've got, got comic
1: I've got comic books to write. <laughs> so I just said I'll usually get my information from documentaries, and then I'll just make sure that the documentary is accurate.
0: Now, one <laughs> thing that I would like to plug is. Holy shit, it's cold.
1: I know. <laughs> um, not that.
0: I don't want to plug that, but it is
1: cold. <laughs> plug that fucking cold. <laughs> it is cold. Yes, yes. And, and next we'll be
0: endorsing ice for Eskimos. That's right. And uh hot coffee for Satan. <laughs> um Sexy Zombie Hunters the first issue comes out in December. And it has a special oh, yes. treat at the very end of the issue that Gabriel Olraz Ramirez and I have been hard at work doing. I wrote an eight-page script for his Mr. Happy original character. Nice. And I got to tell you, freaking, the artist that he got for that, Joe, I can't remember his last name, Sedivy or something like that, I uh I'm
1: probably fucked <laughs> up. Oh well, wow. um you know, um once again, um I don't know because you put me on the spot and then my brain goes blank when I get put on the spot.
0: If I'm wrong <laughs> during the next podcast, I will correct myself. We I know his name is Joe. I, his name is Joe. <laughs> Aside from the faux pas, <laughs> which is probably plenty. <laughs> um he did an amazing job with the art <laughs> for the Mister Happy eight-page run that Raz yes. had me write. Oh, and that's,
1: that's going to be the that's going to be the prelude to the Mister Happy one-shot,
0: right? Yes, that is supposed to be coming out next year. Nice. So you're going to get a prelude to the Mister Happy one-shot by Raz himself, and you're going to be getting Sexy Zombie Hunters uh, number one. Not only that, but I'm in cahoots right now with an artist that I want to have do a special on a comic that I wrote called V-Empire, and it's going to be kind of like a 20-page comic, and it's going to be talking about a vampire bounty hunter, that is also a vampire, Mm -hmm. but he can't stand his own race. Mm -hmm. So he's going to hypocritically and uh, literally vanquish throughout various issues his own race because he feels that the true form of the vampire and the figure of what the vampire is supposed to be has been tainted throughout the years. Oh,
1: and uh, and, uh, do you mind revealing for inquiring minds... Uh, for, for those out there, cause I'm pretty sure a lot of people are asking, who is it that you're working with on this project?
0: I can't tell. You can't tell? I can't tell.
1: Not even give it a hint? Nope. No.
0: <laughs> oh. It's a surprise. It's a surprise.
1: <laughs> well, How- okay. Guess you're gonna have to yank your dicks along.
0: However, aside from yanking dicks, <laughs> um, you're gonna like it. Yeah. Uh... And what's interesting about this comic is there's going to be very little dialogue. Oh, yes, yes. Um,
1: uh, but, you know, there are plenty of great stories like that, interestingly enough, uh, you know, and, and I like the fact that you bring this up. Yeah. Because a lot of people are like, oh my gosh, how can it be a good story if you don't have a whole lot of dialogue? Well, I've plenty of ones. Um, um, what a lot of people don't know is like, uh, um, um, Jim Steranko, who did a lot of uh, really great Marvel runs in the 60s and 70s. Uh-huh. Um, he did a really awesome run on, uh, Nick Fury, Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D.
0: Yes, he did.
1: And, um, um, and... and Many of his runs didn 't have a whole lot of dialogue, in fact, there was one time he actually and, and uh, <clears throat> I got a good jim Stranko story here as uh, he said that he was, he was he was going in and he said there was uh, the first um it was the f- first four pages first four pages was basically just um was just the art with no word balloons whatsoever there was yeah. there was nothing um it was uh you had yeah you had no word balloons, no thought balloons, you had no um you had no caption boxes um it was um it was you know it was basically just um Nick Fury sneaking into this um facility um and interestingly enough the um the editor at the time was telling Jim Starenko. Well, there's no dialogue in these boxes, so we're going to have to pay you for seventeen pages. And Jim Storenko like he said that uh he actually nearly like he, 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 he almost like he almost threw the guy out the window. <laughs> he did. He said he had him by the collar and he was about and he was like dipping him near the window. <laughs> he said, um eventually apparently the uh the, the editor saw his wisdom and, uh, oh,
0: you mean he didn't want to die.
1: Yeah, and uh,
0: <laughs> uh, he saw his
1: wisdom, and, uh, and and he paid him for all 22 pages.
0: Now, I look at it this way. There are some stories that call for a lot of dialogue, and there are yeah. some stories where the scene actually... Tells more than any words could. Well, once again, exactly. I mean, here's the whole thing, and I'm not saying
1: that dialogue doesn't have its place. I'm not saying. Oh, that... Oh, it definitely does. It does, and I'm and I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that all comic books should just be pictures. No, once again, comic books are pictures and words. But I agree with what you're saying, and and I and I totally think this is good. I mean, I have had I've had several um, things that I've written for my own comic books where. There's no dialogue. Nothing's happening. It's, it's, it's the actions that are speaking volumes. Yeah. You don't have to read what's going on because you can see it. And uh, and the whole thing is, it's like, you know, um, sometimes, as you said, certain
0: actions that the characters will do speak more volumes than any dialogue ever could. And what I find is very cool is when you have a writer like you and I, not not that he's being egotistic or anything (laughs) no not at all that can paint a picture for the artist so Mm -hmm. that the artist can bring about you know whether it's a war scene whether they're sneaking into um a camp or whatever the fact that you can paint the pictures that are so intense yeah that you can actually feel, okay, this is what the character's thinking. Yeah. He's just not saying it. I feel that there can be a happy medium in comics with um word scenes on panels and panels that tell more of a story than the words ever could. And I believe that if you mm-hmm. gain that type of balance, which I feel you have in Darum. Yeah. Um, that it can be just as amazing. Oh, yeah.
1: and And I totally agree. And that's the whole thing is that, um you know um i I just think that uh as we were talking about, you know there just sometimes sometimes a scene will call for a certain kind of way of for it to be written, and why I always like to work with any of my artists, and then this' is just with anybody is that. I always want the artist to feel like they're creating as much as
0: the writer is. Yeah, you give them and as much leeway as possible yeah, while staying because, with the because, script.
1: Because, I, because I've met many writers in my life, and it's okay. I mean, and 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 not that they're bad people, but they always have a different way of looking at things. There are some writers who are just so damn vague that, is, that the that the artist may may as well just come up with everything. <laughs> um, but then if you have people that are. The exact opposite of that. You have people, and and I'm, and I'm not sliding them, I'm not going to name any names. Are you
0: talking about the extremely detailed? But then there are people who are extremely,
1: extremely detailed <laughs> with their scripts, so freaking detailed that the artist has no leeway to create anything but what's in the writer's head. It's like,
0: well, I mean, I can't fuck this up.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Many trees will die at their hands. Exactly. <laughs> um, but but then the way I like is to be somewhere in the middle. I like to have just enough information that you know what's going on, but be
0: vague enough that the artist can actually put their own stamp on it. See, and I really like that about uh, Darum, because you give the artist just enough information... To where they can create the masterpiece that you're calling for.
1: Exactly, and, and, and once again, and I want it to be coming from them because, I mean, one of the things I always get asked constantly by, by whatever artist I'm working with is, is uh, you, know, you know, it's like, do you want me to copy this style, I want me to copy that style? So I was like, no, I don't want you to copy any style. I want you to use your own style on it. I mean, you know, i had been i been i been asked that by uh, i been asked that by Chandra when he was doing the first two comics. i had been asked by by Gaspar when he was doing number three. Yeah. Um, I even got asked that by by Tone when I was having him design the the promotional poster for Daredevil number four for me. Um, he was asking, "Oh, well, do you want me to homage uh, uh, um, Gaspar style?" I said, "No, I want your style." I don't want you doing Gaspar and it's just the same as I didn't want Gaspar doing Chandra. Yeah, exactly. It's like, it's like it's like no, I want any artist I work with, I want it to be their own definitive
0: style. See, and here's where you got to give credit where credit is due with you and I is the fact that when we work with people that have mm-hmm. a unique style about how they do things, we want to see and hear their voice within the comic as well.
1: Exactly. And that's what I'm saying. It's like, I want it to be just as much the artist's comic as it is my comic. Yeah. And so I always think of me and the artist as sort of like (coughs) partners, you know? I always like to think of it that, uh, that basically... Uh, it's not me bossing someone around. It's basically like, okay, here's the script. Now work your magic on it. You know, and add whatever you like. Because I mean, funny. It's like, yeah. Because sometimes I'll get asked, oh, you should I do this change, that change? I said, you change however, however you you think is gonna make the script better. Exactly. And uh, and I said, uh, you know, and you know, the only time I ever do get up in arms, and I'll admit this, is if I feel like they're gonna totally change the story. Then I will get irritated. Yeah, but
0: that—that that actually hasn't happened yet. <laughs> so far, you've yeah. gotten artists that know exactly what the fuck you want. Yeah, they—they—the they, they, they,
1: they, one that some interpret the vision better than others. I yeah. mean, I mean, once again, and I'm not sliding people whatsoever, but uh, but I'll admit, like the, my the current artist that we have on it, Casper, he seems to get my vision a whole lot better. Uh-huh. Uh, now now I'm not slighting Chandra whatsoever. Chandra created some amazing stuff for Darum, and I'll be forever grateful to him. He really did. And and and, and um but there were certain there were certain things that he did where I was kinda like, uh it's not quite what I had in mind. But like Gasper, he just got it. He just knew. It. Um I think the thing that helped was um I don't know if Chandra had ever been familiar with Captain Harlock. Mm-hmm. Um which which uh, but he understood the Buck Rogers reference. Yeah. Because you can clearly see it in those first two issues, the Buck Rogers influence. Mm-hmm. But right away, Gaspar and I got to give this man full credit for it. Gaspar Saw that Captain Harlock reference. Uh-huh. He was like, he was like, oh, I get what you're doing. It's, it's an American version of Captain Harlock. And he and, just made you know, it awesome. And then he did. And then, and then you came up with number three and you just, you saw that. I mean, I think even you had pointed this out. You said, you said it it, it totally reminded you of Captain Harlock. Exactly. <laughs> now,
0: we're running out of time. So I think it's about time for the
1: customary uh, novel and comic book recommendations. Motherfucker. Yeah. Do you want to go first? Do
0: you want me to go first?
1: Um, I, I don't mind starting off. Okay. Um, let's see. In terms of uh, novels, um, this, is, this is one that's probably going to be out of left field, but I've always liked it and I've always enjoyed it since I was a kid, Anne of Green
0: Gables. Ooh, I liked that one.
1: Yes. Um... That's 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 one that uh, I that would I, that would enjoy. It's it's kind of the story of um, uh, of 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 a young girl becoming a woman. Mm-hmm. It, it's about that transition from uh, into womanhood. Yeah, and uh, and I like that, and, uh, um, and and yeah, definitely worth it. Definitely great classic coming of age story. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I highly recommend it. Um, okay, comic book recommendations. Um I am going to let's see what uh, let's see man so many because I did you know I love so many comic books it's just so hard to pick one you know, know and like, every, you are comic one.
0: book creators Oh
1: <laughs> I just had one. Yes. I will I would suggest and this is the original run not the not the newer one but I would suggest the original run of the X-Men Age of Apocalypse. I love this because it's a cool alter, alternate reality take mm-hmm. on the X-Men. In an alternate reality where where Professor Xavier has been assassinated and killed, mm-hmm. and interestingly enough, Magneto becomes the leader of of the X-Men. Because what happened was when Xavier died, Magneto decided Xavier was right, and that and that and that the mutants should be helping bridge the gap between humanity and, and, and everything. Anyway, Apocalypse kind of takes everything over and then you have this alternate version of the X-Men and it's just kind of cool. I mean, it, it, different takes on the characters and they look, you know, and they look badass and it's just a kind of post-apocalyptic thing, but it's great. Definitely check that out. The original run of Age of Apocalypse. Nice. All right, now your recommendations.
0: I just barely picked this up because I just barely bought it last Saturday. Bangle and Remender... Holy balls. They do a fantastic job at Death or Glory. Yeah? The graphic novel that just barely came out. Oh, nice. Yes, you were showing me that. Um, It's about a mechanic who um has to, in a way, kind of save what's going on because it's just a fucking chaotic mess of her world. <laughs> N- not to mention, Bangle makes the character look just i don't know how you can make a woman mechanic sexy but he did <laughs> oh yeah she's just whoo damn nice. so check out death or glory by remender and bangle just barely came out yeah. and it, i wouldn't recommend any other ones
1: yeah.
0: right now because you, you've got to check this out this is uh, just fantastic <laughs> Okay, what about your novel
1: recommendations?
0: My novel recommendation, I am going to recommend the trilogy of The Lord of the Rings. Oh, yes. J.R.R. Tolkien,
1: if you, don't, if you don't know this one, you really need to slap yourself silly for not knowing. Or just, you know, throw yourself
0: off of a bridge. No, <laughs> don't. don't do that. Don't fucking do that yes that's that's horrible don't do that just read the fucking book (laughs) yeah yeah if you haven't read it yet just do yourself a favor and sit down and read it exactly and they're not that expensive no and if you get them online at amazon if you have prime you can get them as a triple set for i believe no more than 30 to 40 bucks yeah and you get free two-day shipping exactly so those are my recommendations jared as always it's been fantastic having you on the podcast oh yeah always a pleasure and as always love yourself love each other do what you can to let someone know that you love them show someone some kindness there's way too much hate in the world today you got to show some love to everybody that you come in contact with show people that they're worth it and just be as kind as you possibly can With everybody, because you never know what kind of war someone is dealing with on the inside that might want a tiny bit of relief from Mm -hmm. knowing that they don't have to battle that alone. Agreed. So, have a fantastic Frozen Over Wednesday, (laughs) because my tits are freezing, (laughs) and we will see you on Saturday. Yes.